Hey, I uh, want to start our time this morning with a question. And that question would be, is how are we to respond to the highest court uh, when they make decisions on different issues which are really outside of our ability to really do anything about them? And uh, as we continue on in the study of Daniel, I want to continue to remind us um, really how we should act uh, when we are um, in a place where maybe our rights are taken away. And I think we can learn a lot from Daniel. Uh, we have, and once again, uh, we're going to. Uh, maybe you've been in a hassle with a, you know, a job situation or promotion. Um, we saw that with Daniel uh, again and again. Uh, maybe you've got hassled for being a Christian um, in the workplace, with family, uh, in your neighborhood. Uh, how do you respond to that? Well, uh, we should like Daniel did. Um, I think he's just a great example of how we should be responding. So we should not go out of our way um, to either invite or avoid persecution. Uh, here we have Daniel. Uh, he's a senior citizen at this point in uh, this book. He's in his 80s. We're in the year 539 BC. Darius the Mede uh, at 62 years old is king um, due to the capture of Babylon there. Um, so we're going to consider this morning life um, really littered in or uh, with lion's dens. And I think that's uh, something we think of often. We think of Daniel. Um, but we really need to ask ourselves as we jump into these scriptures today is how do we uh, deal with life <laughs> uh, when we are in that lion's den? And I'm glad you asked. So, Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We pray and ask of you. You'd speak to our hearts. God, teach us, change us for your glory. We ask in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So let's take a look here uh, at the first lion's den. Look at verse one. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps and over the whole kingdom and over these three governors of whom Daniel was uh, the sat Daniel was one that the satraps might give account to them, so the king would suffer no loss. And then Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because, and catch it, guys, an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave uh, thought to setting him over the whole realm. Here we go again, verse 4. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. 
So we see here in verse 6, then it said, The governors and satraps thronged before the king and said to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom and the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever positions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the lion's den. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the decree, or signed a written decree here. So verse 4 I love. If you guys check it out there, it says he was faithful. Okay, uh, What does the Lord look for in his steward? Uh, that one would be found Faithful. Faithfulness is huge. So it's required um, of servants of God to be faithful. I want to read to you guys out of the New Living Translation, 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. It says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. So are you so devoted to God that only place that can attack you is your faith? You see, if our life is sifted, as we are about to hear and see again, with the you know presidential candidates, uh, what would you know get dug up about you? Okay, there was no digging dirt on Daniel. I, I love this. And then in verse eight, um, he does not alter. Okay, uh, speaking of their laws here, uh, it was different from the Babylonians. Okay, um, they wanted to make it illegal to pray. That's what we see in verses six and on here. Uh, things haven't really changed much, have they? So we can be demanding our secular institutions, like our, our schools, you know, to give our kids time uh, to pray, or we can be teaching our children to pray before school, after school, on their breaks, at lunch, but to really have that attitude of prayer throughout the day. So the second line is done. Look at verse 10. Now... When Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his window open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times a day. And he prayed and he gave thanks before his God, as it was custom since his early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the lion's den, or the den of lions? And the king answered and said, This thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Verse 13, So they answered and said before the king, that Daniel, who is one of the captives of Judah, does not show due regard 
for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased within himself. And he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. And these men approached the king and said to the king, No, O king, that it is law of the Medes and the Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel, and they cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, I love it, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. And then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet of the Lord's, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. So if you look at verse 10 again here, um, really a prayer here of a matter of life and death going on. So is prayer uh, a matter of life or death uh, for you? Okay, and uh, it needs to be as, as believers. Um, you know, prayers, living, living in Wisconsin, uh, we must deal with... Um, you know, Wisconsin freezes during the winter, right? Uh, one thing that we have to constantly keep uh, warm is um, our engine block. We can't just start up and go. We got to make sure that the oil isn't isn't freezing. And only engines that are warm are the ones that can keep working. Um, so we also must keep our spiritual engines warm, guys. Only by what regular use. Right, can't just sit. Uh, we got to be receiving power from an outside source so we can be spiritually maintained. Let's say, so lessons from Daniel's daily maintenance on his prayer life. He had a place to pray. <laughs> Where's your place? Uh, do you have that prayer closet? Uh, do you have that special place for you? Uh, he had a period of time to pray. We're told that he prayed three times a day, okay, like David in Psalm 55, 17, evening and morning, noon, I pray, I cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. And then he had a posture to pray. He was actually on his knees when he did it, eyes open, um, you know, uh, yeah, the position to pray, it was towards Jerusalem, we're told here, Um it had that sense of being towards the Lord is the point, okay? The temple of God there where the presence of God is. Uh, now we get to direct uh, our prayers in Jesus' name. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, so we also look at uh, the purpose to pray, okay? Why, why do we pray? Well, number one is to give thanks. We're to do that in all things, above all things. Also asking, okay? And not arbitrary things or aimless things. Be specific. God cares about everything. Uh, so there was no way that Daniel could really hide his faith for 30 days. It wasn't going to happen. And that's why they had this written in. They knew that this was what was going to get Daniel uh, in trouble, ousted. Um, he couldn't go a day, not even a third of a day without praying. So 
what would you be comfortable with if you were in Daniel's shoes here? Okay, it's only 30 days. I'll wait and uh, just pick up afterwards. God's going to understand. Uh, I'll just shut my windows maybe, pray in secret in my closet. Uh, I don't want man to see me anyways. Um, you know, I'd still pray, but, you know, caught on my knees. I don't know about that. Uh, I just say that I was, you know, praying to Darius. That's really what I was doing. It wasn't to some God other than him, you know. So God knows my heart. <clears throat> That's all that really matters. I mean, we can always make up excuses, guys, okay? Um, hopefully it's none of those things that we are unashamed of our God and we are humble enough uh, to pray and actually allow others to see uh, that brokenness, that need, that humility in our own lives. So when he knew that the writing was signed, did you guys catch that? Daniel didn't quit believing here. He never gave up on God. Um, if you, you, know, you come and read this verse 10 here, whenever you were tempted to compromise, I think it's a great reminder, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, he opened up his windows towards Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times that day. And he prayed and he gave thanks before God, as was his custom from early days. I love it. We need to learn to pray. How do we do that? Well, I've learned a lot uh, from other brothers and sisters through the years, just spending time with them in prayer. Um, as I read books through the years, I've always had a mix of books on prayer <laughs> uh, mixed in there because it's such an essential, important part of our lives. And even taking the scriptures, there's so many scriptures that are prayer, uh, prayers and so many psalms uh, that are prayers, cries to the Lord. And then even going through, like I, you guys know, I love the Apostle Paul, uh, studying through his prayers for the church and uh, other things. We can learn a lot that way. And it's also good for us to teach our kids how to pray. Uh, yesterday morning, I uh, got together with some pastor friends, and I love it. Um, one of my pastor buds, uh, grandfather now, um, and they've actually taken in a grandson only two years old. We brought him to, to prayer group yesterday, and I just loved it. Even at that age, being exposed being taught what it looks like for godly men to pray. It's beautiful. And I also love that he's on his knees. You know, I think that's something good um, to allow your kids to see that, that you're on your knees before God. It really expresses a humility before God. Not that you have to be on your knees to pray, but I think that uh, just a uh, sense of brokenness and realness um, it's okay to be weak. <laughs> it's okay to be broken. It's okay to humble ourselves before God in time of need. Um, we got to do that. I kind of remember the Superman movies. You guys remember Lex Luthor, bald guy. Uh, he broke into the White House. Okay, the president there was sitting behind his desk. Uh, Secret Service was standing in front of it, and Luther asked him to come and bow down before him, uh, <clears throat> and he does. And then Luther says, you're not a president. No leader would bow that quickly. Uh, so it's very humbling to be made to bow before someone, okay? Um, <laughs> uh, I got a dog, Zofia. Uh, when I take her to the 
uh, dog park. I'm always interested. It's neat to see her. It's like, is dogs interact? Okay, who's gonna bow down to who? And I think it's funny when you see these big dogs bowing down to like a little chihuahua or something. Anyways, it just talks about you know that dominance or submission piece. But very happily, we as Christians bow down to the King of King and Lord of Lords. Uh, he alone, you know, uh, is the one we should take a knee for. Um, so it's simply a simple reminder who we are and who he is. So I believe bending our knees uh, really helps us to bend our hearts. Um, let me share with you Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So when do you bend your knee? When could you? Okay. We're told that he did it toward Jerusalem. Why this custom? So they would know whom he's praying to. You know, if you guys saw me out praying to a God on a rug, uh, bowing down uh, to the east, you probably guess that I'm praying to Allah. Anyways, uh, there's some significance to why this is important then. Uh, but the presence of God manifested in one location then, but now uh, he dwells, temple of the living God, right? Uh, in believers everywhere. So what did this prayer time consist of? Well, he gave thanks, right? Verse 10, general prayer and asking supplications. We saw in verses 10, or sorry, 11 there. So giving thanks for all things really characterizes the spirit-filled Christian. We should be doing that regularly. We also have old patterns, old uh, habits. Uh, it's good to be broken, and I think giving thanks to God can do that. I think some people, especially now, um, a lot of anger, a lot of rage going on. Others just carry a heavy spirit, especially in light of stuff going on. There's that despair, depression. Um, good to pray, okay? Others have critical spirits, okay? With a lot of judgment going on. Uh, it's everyone else's fault, but some uh, want to run back to those old compulsions of theirs, their old comforts, but patterns can change. And I think one of the biggest ways to do that is to get before your God, before your maker, cry out to him and ask him for that real heart change. And what if we really practiced a holy habit long enough? What if we did discipline ourselves to pray regularly, um, consistently throughout the day? What if we really prioritized times of prayer with other brothers and sisters? What if we would react in the spirit as we ought? Uh, what if our default was automatically to go to that, to drop to our knees? Um, so verse 11, um, <laughs> I've been framed, right? <laughs> what arrested verse 13 for worship? Uh, I like the question, if you were arrested for following Jesus, would they have enough evidence to actually convict you? I want you to think about that for a second. People went on your, uh, Facebook feed, let's say right now. Okay. Would they be able to tell that you are a born again believer, that you are passionately in love with Jesus and that you are following him and living for him above all else. 
Uh, verse 14, the lion king owns his own wrongdoings here. And then we see uh, verse 16 here. Um, lions are cool. I don't know if you guys know this, but their roar can be heard up to five miles away. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, females eat a ton, 11 pounds a day, and the males 15 pounds of food a day. That's a lot of food. Think about that. Anyways, great testimony here we're given from this pagan king. Your God, whom you serve continually, will deliver you. That's neat. In verse 17, it's sealed with the signet ring here. Darius wasn't afraid of the lions, but uh, really of the foul play of his enemies here. So falling into the hands of the lion tamer. Let's take a look at verse 18. Now the king went to his palace and he spent the night fasting. No musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep left him or went from him. And then the king arose early in the morning, went and hasted the lion's den there. In verse 20, and when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying, Daniel, or to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God. Wow, what a title. <laughs> Has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? And then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. May God, or God sent his angel to shut the mouths of the lions so that they have not hurt me because I have been found innocent before him. And also, king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him. And he commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den. No injury whatsoever was found to him because he believed in God. Um, it's funny. It seems like things should be reversed here. Daniel being the one up all night worrying, right? And the king just sleeping peacefully in his palace. Uh, verse 19, okay, he comes at the crack of dawn here. The stone is rolled away uh, from the mouth of the opening there. Does that sound familiar? Uh, verse 20, the living God there. You know, God hasn't gotten any older, okay, or even smarter over time. He hasn't changed. He doesn't change. So what a great reason really to confide in him. Um, Martin Luther, uh, during a time of just uh, danger, uh, struggle, fear, um, you know, they were seen tracing. Uh, he was uh, tracing on a table with his finger. Uh, during that season, he lives. He lives. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, I shared this with my pastor friends. I wanted to share it with you, uh, old Baptist uh, guy. Uh, C.S. Lewis uh, referred to him a lot. Um, that's why I started reading him. His name's Alexander McLaren. Um, he said, People come and go, leaders, teachers, and philosophers speak and work for a season, and they fall silent. And powerless, he abides. Then, or they died, but he lives. They are lights that glow, yet are ultimately extinguished. But he is the true light from which they draw their brightness, and he shines forever 
more <laughs> cool, guys, is good to have big picture reality, okay? What is going on? What is internal? Like, we're here today, gone tomorrow. We just faithful with our part right now in this ministry that God has set before us. And it really is a ministry of reconciliation. We get to be light and salt for a season. Um, so the invisible restrainer here, verse 22, if you take a look, my God sent his angel. Sometimes we picture God in heaven as being so very far from us. Uh, so he gives us reminders just to show us how close he really is. God was there, marvelously there, terribly there. Um, and he muzzled these lions, okay? Um, yeah, I love watching documentaries. I don't know if you've ever seen one on alligators. Um, you see, uh, you know, a man wrestling with them. And what do they do? You know, they go to close that alligator's, you know, mouth. They can hold it shut. Okay, and it's crazy when you think about how strong their jaws are. You know, I've seen them shatter bones, you know, so strong. They have all that muscle, okay, but they don't have muscles to open their mouths, okay? Um, anyways, uh, I, I think about the mouths, uh, how our mouths are the opposite, okay? They're oftentimes easy to open but hard to close. And I think it's good for you, it's good for me to be slow to speak, quick to listen. Especially right now, there's so many opinions and feelings of I need to be heard. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think it might be a good season to be listening, especially listening to him. So if a man can hold, uh, say, this alligator's mouth closed, an angel can stop uh, a lion's mouth, no problem, right? Um, yeah. Faith like Daniel's cannot be shaken, uh, for it is the result of having been shaken. Um, and sometimes we trip when we go through different things in life, different seasons in life. Um, but they just make us stronger, guys. That is the truth. Um, there's things we may be facing today, and we've been down that road, <laughs> done this one before. Um, God's been faithful. You know, we will just continue to move on. Uh, it's not going to shake us up. So God didn't keep Daniel out of the den. Uh, he protected him in the den. I hope you find encouragement in that. Um, and why? It's because he had faith. Okay? He had faith. He believed in his God. Hebrews 11.33 says, Who through faith he subdued kings, worked righteous obtained promises and stopped the mouths of lions. I think that's pretty cool. I want to share with you Psalm 18, verse 30. It says, God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? God arms me with strength, and he makes my way perfect. I love that. Do you believe that? I sure hope so. Um, some men count the lions, <laughs> and some men count on the Lord. Um, so what are, you know, what critics are you facing today? 
what lions, what lions, dens. Um, can you trust the Lord to deliver you? Absolutely, brother, sister. So the next verse that we read, I believe was written for the skeptic who's going to say, hey, maybe the lions weren't hungry. <laughs> yes, the little kitty cats hadn't eaten that day. They were very hungry. Look at verse 24. And the king gave the command then. And then they brought those men who had accused Daniel and cast them into the den of lions. Them, their children, their wives, and the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they even made it to the bottom. Okay? So yeah, they were hungry. <laughs> they were ready to attack. And then verse 25, King Darius wrote to all peoples, nations, languages that dwell in all of the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and he rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? I love that, guys. First we see in verse 24, the mouths were shut. Now <laughs> his critics <laughs> thus proving Proverbs 11.8, the righteous is delivered from trouble and it comes to the wicked instead. So there's kind of that boomerang effect uh, that we see there. In verse 26, uh, big change here. Everybody's focused on the worship of Darius. Now it's to be the worship of the true and living God. So the reason Darius is writing this is Daniel's God lives, whereas the gods of the Medes and the Persians, they're just dead idols. Um, so this God is eternal. His kingdom is indestructible. He intervenes into people's lives and the affairs of men and delivers those who trust him. He works by miraculous power to perform his will, including the miraculous delivery of Daniel that we've seen here. And then we see verse 28, the lion's share. So this Daniel uh, prospered in the reign of Darius, we're told there, in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So I guess you can say from verse 28, Daniel was lionized. Okay, in other words, to look on or to treat a person as a celebrity. That's what that actually means. And once again, guys, God used one man to affect a whole kingdom, okay? Because he bowed down to the eternal king and him only. So Daniel was a man who could be, uh, you know, promoted here, demoted, or even discouraged, then be promoted again, and then demoted again, and then disgraced all over again, Um but that didn't change him. It didn't rock his faith. So how do you deal with promotions and demotions? Um, it's never easy either way. Daniel didn't care because he was there to serve the Lord, his God. That's what he cared about. 
in any and every state in which he found himself. And that's my prayer for you, uh, my brother and sister. We wouldn't be rocked. We wouldn't get shaken by this world. Um, but we would be steadfast. That we would be faithful stewards to our God. Whatever he sets before us, no matter how big, no matter how small, no matter what we've done or haven't done, that we would just be faithful uh, in whatever circumstance uh, to him and him alone. And so, Father, I pray that grace and that wisdom for each and every one of us, God, Lord, just to stand firm upon the rock, upon you, Jesus. Lord, this world wants to toss us to and fro. We have an enemy that's after us. God, I pray that we want to be shaken, that we continue to trust you, to obey you. We can do that because we know that you love us so much. We're compelled by that love, Lord. I believe we're going to do great things, just like we've seen in our brother Daniel. So until next time, please watch over uh, my brothers and sisters. Bless the work of their hands, God. Uh, just make our way straight. And let us not turn to the left or the right. Just eyes on you. In your name, amen. All right, God bless you guys.